If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. It's Wednesday, December 6, 2023. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. This is the Beckler and Shauna Pisscast. What's new with you, Shauna? Uh, I'm gearing up for SantaCon this weekend. What is SantaCon? It's where a bunch of people dress up as Santa or Mrs. Claus or the elves and you do a bar hop down 17th Avenue. Ah, yeah. what day is that? Uh, Saturday. 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 Day, which is hilarious because our Christmas party is Saturday night. So um, it's going to be a, a day of drinking, apparently. You're going to show up uh, to the Christmas party half in the bag, aren't you? Might be, although we're not going to do the full thing, I don't think. I just So I saw this happen in Seattle when I was in Seattle a few years back. And because it, Santa Cons, I guess, kind of happened all over North America. And um, it looked like so much fun. It was just a bunch of people who were just having a good time and hanging out and having just some... It, it, like, it's a quick stop, kind of, each place you go or whatever. But it's uh, it's fun. It looks like... Is a- this is this put on by the group... What are they called? Oh, man. I don't uh, think so. No, you There's don't think no so? There's no group organizing this. The this is a very... Coffee society? No. No? No, it's not part of that. It's just uh, an informal thing that's kind of started and spread, but no, like, group is putting it on? Because they put on an annual Santa Rampage in Portland, I guess. Yep. Uh, and I was reading about the author Chuck Palahniuk recently, and he, he wrote Fight Club. Yeah. And I think that's what, what he based Project Mayhem on, was this... Interesting. Cacophony society. Yeah, involved. no, this one's, it's pretty informal, but yeah, it okay. just looks like uh, a lot of fun. They they don't release where they go until the night before, so you don't really know the stops quite mm-hmm. yet, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to just join in. That'll be fun. I'm not, a, not? Like a huge, huge dress-up guy. Some of my friends are, Yeah. but then every time we do dress up and go out as a group, it's like, oh yeah, I get why this is fun. It's you fun. So. Yeah, it's like we do those, those 80s ski suits and stuff. When we're, yeah. There's something about it. It just... Adds a little bit of fun, a little extra fun. Makes the night a little different. You make friends everywhere you go because people want to know what's going on. Yeah. Um, man, I was planning to come to our Christmas party. I can't find a sitter, so I don't know if uh, no. if we're going to be there now, which is too bad. But can you bring well, kids to the Christmas party? I don't think so. It's it's a uh, it's a bar, right? So and I wouldn't want to anyways. That wouldn't be fun. Fair. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, the bar might because. You know, it's closed to us, but... Do you guys have any crayons? I'm going to put them in the corner with some coloring... Yep. Some crayons. That's, that's, why are you saying it that way? I don't like it. That's how they say it on... Uh, I don't like it. I'll see if I can find the clip. Hang crayons. On. Before Letterkenny was a show, it was like a, a series of web shorts called Letterkenny Problems. Oh, okay. And that's how the main character, Wayne, says the word. I'll play the clip for you here. Now you got corn maze. You took your gal into Pizza Light for a nice supper, and there were two kids' birthday parties in there hucking fucking crayons around. That's why I say it like that. Crayons. Crayons. (laughs) Crayons. It's weird because uh, Christmas is less than three weeks away, but it's just been so nice here that it doesn't really feel that Christmassy. It was like 16 degrees yesterday. It's crazy. I know. It's it's, uh, hard to convince yourself that that's the thing. Yeah. Snow is coming tonight, though, so maybe that'll change. 
Uh, on today's show, a heritage moment since it's Wednesday, we're going to talk about the Parmesan Cheese Mafia. It's a thing. The most jacked musicians, which vehicles we think are the dirtiest. An award we might be bringing your way in the near future. First, you're out of context clip of the show. Could the but. pork sword be wearing a radio hat? The Beckler and Shauna podcast. We've had a couple uh, friends of the show recently say that they really dig our uh, our segment where we brother up a few songs. Yeah. We, it is fun. It's fun to do mu- on our side as well, let's be honest. You <laughs> handlebar the songs up You do. The handlebar mustache versions yeah. of famous songs. So I got a few more for us here. It's perfect. Uh, this is, I don't know. Depending on how old you are, you might not know this song very well, but this is Dire Straits, so... And you no longer burn to be brothers! Simple as that. I didn't know that song, but that's perfect, yeah. It just really adds to it there. This one, more people would be familiar, familiar course, with yeah, it's from our one. playlist, mm-hmm. but do you want to take this one, Shauna? Yes, please. Brother! My brother! You can know that <laughs> do right off the bat real quick, you know? <laughs> yep. In quick really? succession. <laughs> Good brothers. Lots of brothers. Yeah, close brothers. Yeah, fine. Let's do this one together. They're this is age. one of my all-time favorite Death Cab for Cutie songs. Yes. So. From our own sides, brothers. All right, you got this, Sean. Brothers. It's coming back. Mm-hmm. Like brothers. On a hotel one more. One more time. Yeah. One more time. All right. Real stanky. What if Ben Gibbard from Death Cab had a handlebars mustache? <laughs> the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Etymology with Shauna. We got a request from friend of the show, Fred, for this one. So I'll just play you his clip here. Hey, Shauna. I can't remember if you've done this one already or not, but I say this phrase quite a bit because I'm old. But um, where did the phrase cool beans come from? It sounds weird. So cool beans. Fred is aging himself with that phrase, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, cool he beans. is. I never used to use cool beans, <laughs> but here we are. So when I started looking into this, what I didn't realize is how many old sayings we have involving beans. Beans were big back then, hey? Yeah. I mean, there's a bean counter, right? Which is somebody who's obsessed with the little details. Then there's a saying it's that a, I... I thought a bean counter is like an accountant like uh, who manages money. Yeah. Well, apparently, sorry, it morphed into that. But at first, it was actually somebody who like didn't care oh. about the little details and stuff. Okay. Bean counter, getting down in the little beans and then into that. Uh, then there's a saying that I'd never heard of before, but it was something that used to be used quite a bit. A hill of beans. So it was basically something with no value. So it was like he didn't care a hill of beans for that show. So that used to be a thing as well. Then that there was so old timey. I might so bring that back. I hey? know. I'm a big fan of that one. There's I don't also give a hill of beans. That's what? it. Or <laughs> oh, not to really... know me beans. Right is another one. Not to know beans or mm-hmm. tough beans, meaning like tough luck, tough beans, full of beans meant two different things. First, it was full of energy, and then it morphed into full of crap, which. I mean, oh, okay. full of beans. Yeah. I only knew it for the first definition. I only knew it for the like, second. The kids actually. are full of beans today. Yeah. <laughs> full of the beans. And literally, I mean, beans, you know, that makes sense in the crap side of things, too. Um, but yeah, the reason for that is because back then, beans was something that everybody, it was accessible to everybody. It was a cheap food. So everybody ate beans. So it makes sense that it kind of morphed into our vocabulary and phrases that way. But Cool Beans was kind of the more recent and latest uh, version of this. And it all started in colleges in the U.S. in the 70s, they think. 
Okay. And it was only popularized thanks to Full House and the fact that DJ Tanner used to always say cool beans. So that's how it kind of spread much further. So that show was in the 90s, so she took it from, the, the writers of that show took it from Like the college kind of slang, okay. slang from the 70s. And I guess it was in a Cheech and Chong movie around the same time as Full House as well. So that's how it kind of spread more than just from the colleges in the States. But yeah, it's the newest of the beans. To, especially past the golden age of beans. I think yeah. it's probably safe to say that beans' best days are behind us, wouldn't you? Back when every phrase had beans. Yeah, I suppose it? so. But again, I think we should bring them back. The whole hill of beans and bring back beans. Not to know beans and tough beans and spilling the beans and. I'm gonna try to work hill of beans. Yeah. Into the show at some point this week, and you'll know. Tara Hill of beans. <laughs> oh, she's mad. She's really mad. <laughs> Etymology with Shauna. The and Shauna podcast. We were talking about downtown daycares yesterday. Uh, and I, got, I was reminded of a friend of my dad's. So he's owned some businesses over the years, and he did something very forward-thinking in his largest business. Uh, he opened a daycare in the business for his employees. Well, isn't that smart? Yeah. I think he charged 600 bucks a month. It was just enough to cover the operating costs of the daycare, pay the staff, get the supplies. I don't think he turned a profit off the daycare. And it was just there as a service to his employees. That's genius. Like, how awesome is that? Why doesn't that happen more? I don't know. Especially with like, so this business I think had like 25 employees and there's like, you know, half a dozen that use the daycare regularly. But some, some of these offices, some of these businesses have hundreds, if not thousands of employees. I feel like I recall there is, somebody was telling me that there is, like their business or something did have a daycare. Really? And I'm, I'm, yeah, it's genius. It, it makes is genius. So much sense. Like, how is that not just standard? I know. I, I mean, I guess it's it's an additional, you know, operation for a business that doesn't have anything to do with the main thing that they're doing. Yeah. But and I wonder if there's, is there like so many licenses or something that you can give it? Although that doesn't make that's sense. A good question. Why would that be a thing? And like, you think a big company would be able to navigate that, right? I think so. Yeah. Yesterday on the show, we were, we were chatting about that, um, that now scrapped pilot project that the Calgary Catholic School District had proposed where they would start later one yep. day a week. And I was texting back and forth with friend of the show, Kevin, and he said this issue, because there was so much pushback from parents who said, like, what are we going to do for childcare on this one day when the kids don't start till 11? Yep. And Kevin was saying, this just shines a light on how we need to rethink rethink childcare on a much larger scale. And he, Kevin, in his words, he said, and start looking at children as a resource rather than a burden. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, if some of these big, big businesses that have, you know, hundreds of people working in an office, think of the the type of employee you could attract if you offered that sort of Well, and it's just service. so much easier. You wouldn't have to drive your kid to yeah. daycare. Daycare is right at your work. Your kid is right close by, so you're probably going to have better peace of mind knowing that Absolutely. your child is right there. Like, If anything major happens, anything goes wrong, parent is right there. You could take your kid out so, for lunch if you wanted to. Oh, like, man, go see them on your break. Yeah. Like break their day up, break your day up. That's the only like, thing that I think some businesses could see as a detriment, though, right? Is, is that it, someone would sneak away and go hang out with go their kid? Too much, and but again, that is a very minor thing. And also, uh, who cares? Well, it's <laughs> like anything. If if an employee abuses a, a exactly. benefit or a perk that's in place, then you deal with it. They'll right? probably but, actually be more productive in the long run, anyway. So, like you said, not having to get up as early to drop your kid off at daycare and then yeah. like get through traffic to pick them up, and 
Like it would just, it seems like it would be. It seems like it's a no brainer. You would get parents back from maternity and paternity leave quicker. Yeah. If they could bring their kid to work with them. I think it seems like a great thing. And I hope we see more of that down the road. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I don't know if you saw this Beckler, but uh, Buck Martinez, beloved Blue Jays broadcaster, Buck Martinez. Buck Martinez. Buck Martinez. You just won the the Jack Graney Award. What is the Jack Graney Award? So it's given to a representative of the media who has made a significant contribution to the game of baseball, apparently. Ah, very Uh, nice. Which, of course, he certainly was. Um, And I was thinking about this as well, and I was like, oh, good for Buck. But he's also made a significant contribution to our show. Yeah, He doesn't know, but he has. (laughs) Perhaps we, too, should present Buck Martinez with with an award of some sort. Send him something? Yeah. Do you think he'd accept it? Thanks for all the laughs, Buck. Well, do you remember? He gave me a birthday wish thanks to one of our friends of the show. That's right. You got a. I had a personalized birthday wish thanks to Buck Martinez. So I was like, he is fairly approachable. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we could send him a little something. What would we say? Well, we've made fun of you for. (laughs) (laughs) We do your voice on the air. Yeah. All the time. You sound like you have marbles in your mouth. So we kind of imitate you a little bit. It's a real honor you guys think to impersonate me. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I don't the know. Baseball I th- fans. He sh- it sounds like he he might have you know a bit of a, a, a sense of humor. It sounds like he does. I think so he I does. Think he'd be super down with it. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe we should do that. What would it, what would the award be? Because we have a few contributors to this show that we could give awards. More to, than you know? a few. Uh, yeah, a we have like so geez. many of you guys who always contribute. Then there's of course like Don Cherry and Buck <laughs> and Pat and we've got a, a whole bunch. I could think of like. Two dozen friends of this show yes. who regularly send us content that's just great. Oh my that god, we I know. We, more than that, probably. We just talked about Fred, and Fred's one of those. Fred those would be people. on the list. He'd be a contributor. Maybe we should do. I, okay, I could picture the award in my head. It's uh, not safe for work. Is it a golden schlong? <laughs> it's a golden wiener. Shana. Yes, of course, because it's we call people who listen to our head. show Venus Heads because BNS is what our podcast used to be called BNS in 20 minutes or So we say Venus Heads as the names for people who listen. Just so, the head, though, just the meatus. It would have to be the Venus head, right? Yeah. yeah, a golden pork sword for sure. What we should do, and this is going to be tough. It's going to be tough to stay on top. Could of, the but- pork sword be wearing a radio hat? Just a. Ra- <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That's well, even better. Right? That's what I was thinking. You're going to have a hard time finding that trophy. We can get it done. I'm. I'll, I can make it. Uh, I'm. I'm a, quite a crafty person. I like arts yeah. and crafts. I could make a Venus head trophy. That's better than uh, calling up the craft store. And be like, and saying, okay, here's what I need. I need a. I need the head of a, a penis, penis. <laughs> wearing. Although those a flat cap, a those would exist, flat. right? Because of, of course, the bachelorette parties and stuff. Oh, like that's that. true. So you know, we could find it. Yeah. Just, we just want to personalize it a little bit. You could, could just we get saw off a toy, really, if you needed to, right? Yeah. I mean, could you get a one that's actually a metal that you could then get engraved? That would be very nice. Here's what I think we should do, and we're going to have to be pretty organized. An if we engraved do this. trouser cactus with a with that a radio too. hat. On. Okay, sorry. But starting maybe in the new year, mm-hmm. we could keep track of every time someone contributes, contributes to the, the show, show. Yep. and it gets mentioned, and then we'll tally it up at the end of the year, and then they and get they presented win the golden with the Venus. golden dong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's going to be tough. Let's do a big presentation with it as well. You should be acknowledged because it yeah. makes our job considerably easier. All the great stuff that we get sent all the time. So. We could definitely make this happen. Kay. And then do a big ceremony where we present the golden schlong. The golden Venus. Yeah. Here it is. <laughs> the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Yesterday on the show, I told a story about how I suggested to a stranger that he clean his car. Yes. Uh, he did not react well to that. Which is pretty funny. I mean. I, I don't I, think. 
I don't think it was as rude as it sounds when I say it like that. No, I think I you helped him. Um, you wanted it, him to pick up a lady, and you're like, if you want a woman to not, you know, be disgusted, maybe just clean your car. I think that's fair. Yeah. You could hear the context of that story on yesterday's podcast mm-hmm. if you care. Yeah. Uh, but what would Shauna? What would you say? Because this guy's vehicle was just filthy. What would you say are typically the dirty, dir- the dirtiest vehicles? What type of vehicle do you think is generally the dirtiest? Because the reason I asked this, after we talked about that yesterday, I was driving home and I was driving beside this guy whose vehicle was just unbelievably dirty. Like from inside my vehicle, I could tell how dirty the inside of his vehicle was. Like you could see it all over the dash and the the windshield. And then his dog had its head out the window. And the amount of dog saliva on the window and all the way down the side of the vehicle, never seen anything like this. Gross. Gross. It's super gross. I mean, I would say like, the older, cheaper vehicles that young dudes are driving uh, okay. would be because uh, all of my friends, it was a certain phase in their lives, right? So like an old Pontiac Sunfire or something like that, a bunch of them had those and uh, just because of the nature of things, those or like a a Jeep Cherokee or an older Jeep or something like that. That some young person is driving? That some young person is driving. It's interesting because yeah. like I drove an old ass Honda Accord when I was 16, but it was always very clean because it was like my pride and joy, right? right? Yeah. So I took good care of it. Fair. Whereas like some of the girls that I knew at the same age, yeah, their vehicles were a disaster. Yeah. So I was going to say maybe teen, teenage girl vehicles. Yeah. Even like McKenna, if I didn't stay on top of cleaning her vehicle, I would hate to see what it looked well, like. Well, we talked about this before because the whole thing is like girls keep their uh, house car, clean. How, yeah, house rather. And... And dudes is the cars, right? right? And then they're opposite, typically. Yeah. I was going to say, I think minivans are probably the dirtiest. With children. Because, yes, when you got children. Yeah. That's why some of them come with a built-in vacuum, because they're just... Do they? Yeah, there are oh, minivans that, makes that have vacuums. Oh, that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Because the kids are dirty, right? And oftentimes you'll see, like, you know, like painters buying old minivans and stuff and not really caring what the inside of it looks like because right. it's a work vehicle, right? Yeah, So that's fair. There are some minivans that I'm amazed are still on the road and the inside of them are just... Horrendous. Horrendous. Yeah. Contrary to that, well, who would you say typically keeps their vehicle the cleanest? If you just had to... I mean, this is based on nothing but our own stereotypes. Old people. I was going to say old people too, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. old Buicks, yeah. old... Buick LeSabres. Lincolns, old... Ca- mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever, you know, some old guy is... You know, driving around and with his wife. Or something really expensive, because if you're spending that amount of money on a car, you'd think you want to probably keep it in decent shape. Although if you have so much money that it doesn't really matter, then maybe not. You should so, let somebody else clean it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It'd be interesting to Old ask people. someone who has worked as an auto detailer, like of the vehicles that you see coming in, which ones are the dirtiest and which ones are typically... I remember my grandmother's car, it smelled it was a mixture of of old people scent and th- brand new, and they'd had yeah. it forever. It was like they didn't ever drive it, and they did drive it a fair amount, but they just kept it clean as hell. My aunt has a '99 Camry that still has new car smell in it, yeah, because that's how clean she keeps it. Wow. Yeah. So, older sedan or those sedans, those yep. big sedans, anything driven by old people, it's going to be the cleanest. Definitely. It's the opposite of the minivan. And now <laughs> I want to find it. Now I want to find a messy old person car. Yeah. Like somebody who just who's old and like doesn't keep it be like, what is going on Some here? Some nice old granny who's yeah, just yeah, like, just I don't care. Some McDonald's <laughs> bags all over the place. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. A friend of mine just sent a text after we talked about that, and he said that at his work, part of their interview process now is going out to take a look at the person's vehicle. 
Oh, wow. Because they believe that you can tell a lot about a person by the state of their vehicle. That's interesting. That is. Yeah. Um, and huh. I said, I haven't heard back from you yet, but I said, are you like, are you allowed to do that? I know. What if the person refused? Well, and not to mention, like, what if the person, you know, shares the vehicle with somebody else or, or is borrowing someone else's vehicle? Took transit there. Yeah. Weird. Very weird. I said, um, I, I, I do kind of agree. Like, this, typically people who have their affairs in order also have their vehicles in order. Yeah. Unless... It's a piece of shit truck that they're just trying to run into the ground before it dies. Well, that's just it. It was like my shit box. I stopped caring about. It hit a certain point. It was just like I just I don't want it anymore. You know, it's yeah. like I so I I did not care. My vehicle sucks, but it is still clean. Yeah. You know, I I don't think I'd ever let it get like filthy inside. Mine was never like garbage, it, but it was stained with like coffee and shit, right? And like it was just. <laughs> Are you sure? Didn't we used to say that like we couldn't see the back floor in your vehicle? That you we were sure there was a raccoon living back there. You used to say that, but it was that was a bit of an exaggeration. Okay. It, but it was it was the the big thing for me that drove me crazy was yeah coffee over time like stained, and they didn't put there was no protective shit on the seats. Uh, so if anything at all, even like moisture touched the seat, like water, it would stain it. Someone with a wet undercarriage sat there. Seriously. You have a hot ass and you sit there and then it would just stay. So Check your panties. because of that, um, it was not uh, good. It wasn't good. I mean, like you don't have to have nice things to take care of your things, right? No. That's So, I mean, I hope they wouldn't. And I, I doubt they would. I don't think they judge somebody on like the, the quality of their vehicle. But no, just this. can't. You know, the state of it. Mm-hmm. Is it absolutely filthy inside? Then that is that a person whose life is in disarray as well? Yeah. I could kind of see it, but I wonder... I'm surprised that they could they could get away with that. I'll, I know. I'm curious to see what he says back. Mm. Um, Justin walked into this morning and agreed that, yeah, it's definitely minivans are the oh, dirtiest. Yeah. I think there's also some filthy work trucks out there. Yep. Um, like company trucks and stuff, but... I think typically a lot of truck people really care about their trucks. Um, friend of the show, Jackman, messaged and said uh, that when his brother was an auto detailer, Civics were by far the dirtiest. I was actually going to say Civics right off the bat, just because it's kind of a young person's car as well. Yep. Uh, but then I was thinking about the fact that they get souped up a lot, too. And I was like, people who soup up their Civics, I'm sure, pro- take pretty good care of them, because I've seen a lot on the care. roads and they're... They're, they're like in pretty impeccable shape. Yep. So any of the vehicles that are just like cheap young people vehicles. Yeah. Or a vehicle that someone might buy who doesn't really care about vehicles where they're just like, just get me in something reliable, Fair. you know, something economical. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe that's where you're going to find vehicles. Dirty. Disarray. Ones. You know where you can park your dirty ass vehicle. <laughs> Where's that, Shona? In the garage of your Shane Holmes home. That was a pretty nice segue. Your brand new Shane Holmes home. That's right. Maybe you won't have a dirty vehicle, though, because you'll have a new house. So, you know, you'll just want to keep everything clean. And if you're in the community of Vermilion Hill, detached double car garages come standard. Ah. With Shane Holmes' lane homes. So you can have two dirty-ass vehicles. Filthy. Yeah. One fil- Each one filthier than the last. Perfect. Uh, the lane homes in Vermilion Hill start from the low 600s. You can learn more at ShaneHolmes.com. Shane Holmes. The better way to build. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. Well, Beckler, I have some Vancouver soft headlines for you. And these... Did you go looking or did you just stumble across these? Uh, I came across a couple of them when I was looking into my Vancouver. I'm actually going to Vancouver for Christmas. So hopefully I'll have some on the ground reporting for Vancouver That's, soft. Those are well. always the best when you it's go there the and best. soft things happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. 
Okay. First, Vancouver weather. Here is when you can expect flurries. So this is a headline, and they're talking about flurries. And they're talking about in the future of the month when you can expect those flurries so that Vancouverites can be prepared. Right. Which, I mean... They need to start mentally preparing for that now, yes, right? only in Vancouver. Uh, yeah, we got flurries coming tonight and tomorrow, but it's not really a news story. No, no, say? it's not making news. We don't look happens. ahead and go, brand down the hatches, the flurries are coming. Even the flurries. word flurries, you know? Flurries. Watch out for the flurries. Okay. Frolicking baby orcas spotted along the coast. That's soft. It's just beautiful, yeah, right? Yeah, I would like to see that. Me too. It's yeah. soft. It's soft. <laughs> Burnaby declared safest place in BC to avoid Mother Nature. Which... Who's trying to avoid Mother Nature? I was like, we live on Earth. Mother Nature <laughs> is part of that. You know what I mean? Like, why are we trying to hide ourselves away from Mother Nature? But in Vancouver, I guess, the, I mean, the elements, right? Do they mean, like, Harsh. natural disasters? Yeah. Maybe? Okay. I'm, I'm assuming they're thinking things like, you know, fires and floods okay. and that kind of thing. So go inland, in other words. And the last one, escalator pile up injures one. <laughs> Okay, there it is. There's the winner. That's the home run right there. An escalator an, pile up. An escalator What? How does that even happen? How does an... The tragic escalator crash of 23. I just picture a whole bunch one. of Vancouverites. Help! Help! They're all in the elevator. like clamoring for each other. This man. Owie! Help! This escalator's out of control! This man is injured. Please, <laughs> won't someone help? <laughs> A tragic escalator oh, pile Oh, my. Text puss to, my, <laughs> to help the injured man from the escalator pile The Beckler and Shauna podcast. So my boys, Bo and Brigham, they both really love Imagine Dragons. Lots of kids seem to love Imagine Dragons. It's true. They kind of have a whimsical air to some of their songs. That's why I think. Think that's what it is? Yeah. Because last time they, they played here, I remember like everyone I knew who had kids was there. Yeah. It seemed. It was like the, the show to take your kids to. Uh, anyway, there's a concert film on Disney Plus right now. It's Imagine Dragons Live in Vegas. And they're playing at the the football stadium there. Allegiant Stadium, is that what it's called? Yeah. And it's a massive, massive show. I don't know how many people that place seats, but it was huge. Um, I don't think I'd ever visually seen that band before, though. I mean, we've played some of their songs over the years. Yeah. But I'd never seen them. The lead singer, Dan Reynolds, is jacked. Oh, yeah. You knew that? Yes. Holy I saw crap. Way, way, way back when Magic Dragons was huge, I saw them at the Starlight Room in Edmonton. Oh, it was wow. Right before they blew up. Yeah, no kidding. Now they play football stadiums. Yeah. And uh, he, I remember, I, that's, I vividly remember that from the show is I was like, holy crap, he's in good shape. So he was jacked back then too, He was too, jacked hey? back then too, yeah. Yeah, I was very surprised because I, like I said, I'd never seen him before. So I Googled him and a bunch of fitness stuff came up, like oh, fitness articles. Yeah. And like There was a piece in Men's Health magazine on him and stuff and his workout routine. Uh, so I guess it's pretty well known that he's in great shape. He's also dating Minka Kelly right now. She's as hot as they come. What she look like? Lila Garrity from Friday Night Lights. Uh, oh, me word. Yeah. Oh, me word. Well, I mean, um, he's good for him. Would he be the most jacked artist on our playlist? Because musicians typically aren't known for being no. muscular. I mean, lots in of them shape. are... Lots of them are thin. Yes. Right? In shape. But not jacked. No. I'm trying to think of who else I, that we would play that would even have, like, considerable muscles. Like I think, like when I think of like musicians who are fit, I think of like uh, Anthony Kiedis and Flea. I was going to say Anthony Kiedis. That's the only other person I can think of off the bat. Him and Flea are both in really good shape. Um, Lenny Kravitz. Is Lenny Kravitz Jack? Yeah, he is. Let's see, Lenny Kravitz. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
shirtless. Just type that in. Just really. <laughs> Holy crap! Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe him. But um, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's bigger than Imagine Dragons Dan. Dan. Yeah. Um, Josh, the drummer from Twenty One Pilots, is in really good shape, but he's not like huge. No, he's just very fit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I always thought it kind of looked a little silly when a musician was really muscular. It didn't look, I don't know, musical. Well, it's funny. I'm looking for. It's funny you say that because, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably just because typically musicians are just non jacked. It's it's funny. Yeah, I mean, you're on the road a lot, right? Yeah. And probably partying and eating crap and stuff. Yeah, musicians I think but, are a lot more fit than they used to be because, of course, they've. There's, you know, a little less drugs going on, yeah. a little more focus on health these days, I find. Used to be a lot of drug bodies in music. Used to be a lot of drug bodies. A lot of drug bodies. That's long a drug body right drug there. drug bodies, yeah. <laughs> that is a long, oh, skinny drug body long right there. druggy body. He's yeah. got that drug body. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I think musicians probably take their health more seriously these totally. days. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, even though I always thought it kind of looked silly, Dan Reynolds looks pretty good up on stage for he Imagine sure Dragons. So yeah. You don't mind that, do you, Shauna? Nope, nope. Take your shirt off. <laughs> and Shauna Podcast. We got this media release yesterday talking about the Parmigiano-Reggiani Consortium. Okay, Shauna, I got this email too, and I took Which a screenshot of it because I wanted to bring it up to you. Absolutely kills me. I f- Okay, so... How do you say it? The Parmigiano-Reggiani Consortium? Sure. I don't know. I said consortium. I don't know how to say it. What this is, though, okay, for those who don't know, and I've read about this before, and I I was learning about it for the first time. Were you? I had to go do some research on it. Yeah. Because I thought we talked about them before, and it didn't matter. It was still just as funny the next time that I got this email. I was killing myself. Like, So this is the governing body. It's the cheese police. Of Parmesan cheese. Authority of Parmesan cheese. This is what they do, and they make sure that you do not count counterfeit the parmesan cheese and let me tell you they are not messing around they are not they are dead serious oh yeah (laughs) like i didn't realize this but i guess there is first of all parmesan cheese is the most counterfeited cheese in the world i didn't know that no me neither uh to the point where some of the parmesan cheese in the grocery stores if not all of it could be considered counterfeit there is a small chance that you've never had a real Parmesan cheese in your life, according to the consortium or the consortium. Or really? The authority, the cheese place. So like if you cheese go mafia. to uh, like the Italian, the Italian bakery or whatever, they got the, the what's it called over on South End? Italian, the, the Italian, Italian market. market. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, they have at the back all those big wheels of Parmesan cheese. You're telling me that's not, that's got to be real. Well, right? that's, you'd assume so. If yeah. it's the Italian market, you, you, they've probably done their research. But I guess there are a lot of grocery stores and stuff, and it's really hard to tell because it is so counterfeited. <laughs> so this cheese police has come in because they're trying to regulate all of this. This is so ridiculous. Like they actually have tracking devices in some of the cheese wheels now to make really? sure they don't go missing. <laughs> Because there's so much theft of the real Parmesan cheese as well that they've put these little tracking things in the cheese so that they can keep track of it. Well, like a little, like a little chunk of that stuff is like what, ten, twelve bucks. Yeah. So what's a full wheel worth? I could see why that it's would big be big money. It's, we're talking cheese is big money. He's in the cheese business. In the cheese, big money. So I guess there are there are four regions in Italy that make. The, the official, it's kind of like the champagne thing, right? Yes, Where you exactly. can't call it champagne can't call unless it's Whiskey, certain, scotch, same thing. Yeah, yeah. same thing with the cheese. Yeah. And in, it, these regions are incredibly protective over their right to produce this cheese. There is a full cheese authority because the of cheese. it. So 
<laughs> if Jeez. we still did cops, we'd be doing cheese cops right we now. We sure would be. But I just, yeah, when I read yeah. through it, I was like, oh man, they're not messing around at oh, all. These people Lordy are serious be. about hilarious. their cheese. Yeah, yeah. Italy you is pretty serious Parmesan about their food, cheese though? is a friggin' joke? Yeah. But when you think about it, Italy is also the place, yeah, that they do that with their pizza, right? Yeah. They're very protective. They are very, very about their food there. And if you frig it up or if you even dare to try and make the inauthentic version, then they will come down on you. And I guess if it's your big export, you're going to protect it, right? Yeah, and pizza, but, I guess, has cheese on it as well. They just really like their cheese. and Don't mess with an Italian's cheese. I just okay? couldn't read through this email with a straight face. No, you the can't. Cons- the I'm consortium sure is right here. Right now, phones are ringing at the consortium, and yeah. we're going to... We're going to be we careful what we We might not be here tomorrow. <laughs> the Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Remember a few months back when I had that issue? I was barbecuing, scraping down the grill, and then a little piece of, like, whatever jumped up and stuck in my eye. Oh, yeah. I told you about that? Yeah. And I was, like, kind of freaking out because I couldn't get my eye open. I couldn't get it out. And it was, like, it was bad. Yep, terrifying. I had another uh, barbecue-related eye incident yesterday. Oh, no. I was out barbecuing. By the way, what a beautiful night to barbecue. It was like 10 degrees. Just delightful. At 6 o'clock when I was barbecuing. So warm yesterday. Awesome. That hot wind. (laughs) Hot wind. But I was... uh, This one kind of reminded me of that time that you stubbed your toe before the show on your way into work and you said you were like rolling around on your condo floor at 3.30 in the morning. I had a quick look at myself at that point, right? It's 3 a.m. and I'm just like... Rolling around, like, what am I doing with my life? This was kind of like that. So I was cooking chicken, and we like to use this uh, this really good seasoning called Slap Ya Mama. Oh, yeah. Good. Which is a great name it's for great name. chicken seasoning, too. Yeah. You slap her. You slap your mama. So, but because I, I hate barbecuing in the dark, and we have no choice at this time of year, right? Unless you're eating at, like, 4 o'clock. Yeah. So I got the barbecue hot. I go out there to put a little extra slap your mama on the chicken. You wanted to slap your mama even harder. We wanted to slap her harder. Real we're, hard We're going to live a little. Yep, for sure. But because the heat blow, like rising up out of the barbecue, when I sprinkled the seasoning, I couldn't really see, and it blew back into my face. Oh, God. And got in both of my eyes. Mm. And this is like, it's a pretty spicy like chicken, chicken rub or whatever, chicken spice. Yeah. Oh, and I was God. like, ah, I can't see. So I like close the barbecue blind and then make my way back into the house. And I was like, ah, oh, ah. no, it's like, what's wrong? The kid's like, what's wrong? I was like, uh, I maced myself with the slap your mama. Mama slapped was, you back is what happened there. <laughs> mama slapped your back. Okay? I was down on the ground like, ah, oh, yeah. It burns. Well, Last time we talked about this, I mentioned that I did that. I do that all the time with spicy food because I take my contacts out after touching oh, spicy yeah. peppers. And it's that same. It's the worst feeling in the world. And can like, you even wash your hands enough after you've... You can't. No. It gets stuck in there and ground right in your skin. So, yeah, you're uh, rocking back and forth just screaming like, ah, I can't see. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. You know, you just need to wear safety glasses, I think. With I your think either that doing. or I got to have like an emergency eye wash, wash station near the back door. <laughs> One for of those when mama slaps you, you back. <laughs> this is for when mama slaps ah, you. I've been okay? slapped by mama. Oh. Get me to the eyewash station. Oh, deserved it. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. Hey, hey, what did you learn today? I've changed mine. Oh. Uh, it's, it's, I'm sorry, I want to talk about this instead. Okay, if you got something about it. more interesting, we'll yeah. take it. Um, I was learning about male mice. So when a male mouse is near a pregnant female, they get super pain tolerance. Their pain tolerance goes up dramatically, and it's uh, a chemical that's in the urine, essentially, of a pregnant female mouse. And the reason is because a female mouse will kick the living crap out of male mice if she's pregnant. To keep him away? To keep him away. 
because they're known to kill, you know, younger. They're, they're young. Infanticide is a big thing with male mi- mice. Oh, okay. So it's a kind of a, you know, give and take between the two of them. But the compound in female mouse, mouse urine is also in bananas. So male mice are terrified of bananas and their pain tolerance and stress level around bananas goes up just as much as it does around pregnant female <laughs> mice because it has that same compound in it. So I guess there's some studies that have been done, done with mice and they're like, why are they reacting so weird around these bananas? And it's because of that whatever it is that kicks their pain tolerance into high gear. That is fascinating. What an unusual evolutionary trait, Super right? Random. Yeah. It's like, I got to go get the crap kicked out of me by this pregnant So all of a sudden my mouse. pain tolerance goes up. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, Crazy. Oh, this is a real dumb question. I don't even know if I should finish it. Maybe don't. Do you think the, uh, I'm going to finish it. Okay. Do, you th- <laughs> do you think the, uh, it works on humans? The female mouse urine? Like, do you think your pain tolerance would go up? I don't think so. No? No. I mean, I think, think we know athletes that, athletes on, right? on, oh, he's on that lady mouse urine. You can't yeah. be stopped. I mean, maybe he, yeah, Try it out. Drink that. I mean, we've done, str- we do stranger things we for do. health and. He's huffing girl mouse piss. <laughs> He's nearly invincible. Where'd you, where, where do you get the, <laughs> where's the legal mouse piss trade? What was the, the movie what? with. Black market trade for mouse piss. What was the movie where they, they take that supplement and then they become nearly invincible? I'm talking about was Bradley Cooper in it. Oh yeah. Limitless. Limitless. Thank you. It's mouse piss. That's though. just mouse piss. Yeah. Straight <laughs> mis- mouse piss pills. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where'd you okay. get your piss pill from? Anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yesterday I was talking about the most expensive minivans you can buy because I was just curious to know. Um, it looks like it's a Toyota Sienna if you missed this yesterday. They can get up into the $80,000 range when they're loaded. But there are minivans that cost well over $100,000 that have been converted for mobility. They have mm-hmm. like wheelchair ramps and yep. they ride lower and stuff. You can spend 120000 bucks on a van like that. So I was messaging back and forth with a few friends of the show, uh, Helen, Damon. And then we got talking about the most expensive wheelchair you could buy like what's the cadillac of wheelchairs yeah I'm curious to know like if you used a wheelchair and you wanted the very best one i'd assume it's an electric one or are you saying like non-electric i was looking for non-electric and i didn't find a satisfying answer but oh, okay. you can spend five grand on an electric wheelchair oh, for sure and i would hope that that thing goes yeah i would ha- hope it has some get up and go there's a guy mm. that's on the bike paths here and he's got one that flies and if you get in his way you better dive bomb really? off that path because he's not slowing down for yeah. anybody i've, I've been Good run off him. the path a few times by him and I'm like, you know what? Good for you. That's living. That's that's that looks like a thrill. Supercharged so, wheelchair. Yeah, go for it. Do it. Uh, but Damon sent me this article. The most expensive wheelchair ever, if you look at it this way, uh, was Stephen Hawking's wheelchair. Ah, uh, that would make sense. And it sold at auction in 2018 after he died for just under four hundred thousand dollars. Holy hell! Now, here's what I find interesting: is who would buy someone's wheelchair? Like, what are you gonna? If it was a museum, mm-hmm. I get it. You yeah. know, if you're okay, you have Stephen Hawking's wheelchair on display, but just in someone's private collection, that's a weird thing to have, isn't it? In fact, people buy used panties, man. Like, what do you th- what do you expect mm-hmm. from it? Good point. Giving people more credit. A wheelchair is makes more sense to me than somebody's used panties. Okay. Fair. So. Fair. Yeah. It's like, but if you went Pull to someone's house bit. and they're like, "Check this out," that's Stephen Hawking's wheelchair. I'd be <laughs> like, "Well, cool, but why do you have it?" Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Why is it here? But then I guess if they showed me their collection of used panties, I'd be even more weirded out. So you make a fair point. You see a pill that's <laughs> full of mouse piss. You're like, that's weird too. There's a lot of weird- The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Uptown Great Heritage Moment.
When you venture around downtown Calgary, you'll still see the odd building made of sandstone. Old City Hall, for example, which was recently revitalized, was originally made of the locally sourced Pascapoo sandstone. Or even down Stephen Avenue, there are plenty of old storefronts made of sandstone. Sandstone was a common material used back in the days of early Calgary, but it was not an ideal material to use. In fact, the majority of buildings that were constructed during Calgary's early days were made of wood and sandstone, and looking back, these are two of the worst materials to withstand Calgary's climate. One might think stone would be a material that would last forever, but that's not the case. Sandstone likes to soak up water, and in Calgary, with the instant freeze-thaw cycle this city sees thanks to Chinooks and the massive temperature variants, sandstone can become really problematic as it begins to crumble away with all that moisture. Wood is even worse. In fact, Calgary might be the absolute worst climate in the world for wood. Cold winters, freeze-thaw cycles combined with long, sunny days in the summer with strong UV rays breaking down the wood. Wood buildings do not last here like they would in other climates. Because of this, our older heritage buildings need constant maintenance. It's important to keep these buildings around to be able to peer into the past, but it's not exactly an easy feat. There are some cost-saving tricks that the city has employed, however. Take the Lougheed House on 13th Avenue Southwest, for example. Although it looks like sandstone, much of the building is wood painted to look like sandstone. If you pass many of the other buildings downtown and you look at the cornices of these buildings, it might, again, look like sandstone at first glance, but it's really tin covered in oil paint or sand. The columns outside the winter store on Stephen Avenue are also that way. These cost-saving measures have been around for a long time, as early Calgary wasn't flush with cash, yet still felt it was important to have buildings that were visually appealing. The city needed to present well. Although it takes time and money to keep the last of these heritage buildings operating and looking nice, they provide a link to Calgary's past and what it was like to live here in the early days. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment. You've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes, offering affordable customization on your new home. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative, X929. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at x929.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. After Hours, a weekly podcast that brings X Afternoons with Mariah and Ty to another level of awesome and allows you to listen on your own terms. Go behind the curtain and hear the stuff you won't hear on the radio. Like, f- they're going to say f-. Find X After Hours wherever you get your podcasts or on the X app.